How's it going, guys? This is Christian coming at you from Next Generation Nashville. And this is Truman. And we've got a few things to introduce you today. Um, we're first going to start off by introducing one of our cast members, Luke Torres, who has been a part of us since the beginning, but, you know, we kind of didn't mention him because we're still kicking up things. But... Luke, over here, if you want to give a short little introduction on what you do with the podcast and how your your background in the music industry. Uh, hi guys, I'm Luke. Uh, I've mainly just been in the background, kind of making sure everything records correctly and sounds nice and is flowing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a native to Nashville, uh, kind of. I've moved around a lot, but I always seem to come back to Tennessee. Lived here three different times in three different places. Wow. It's yeah. A, it's a great weird. state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've always somewhat been in into music in some way uh, ever since band in like fourth or fifth grade. True. Uh, playing different instruments and stuff like that, and then meeting you guys in college and uh, getting a minor in the industry. Nice. So I've always been here. Always Heck been yeah. <laughs> just been hiding in the shadows. Yeah, just yep. in the shadows in the background. You might have heard me just like in the background <laughs> <laughs> laughing last time because yeah, he's yeah, our uh, currently he's our showrunner. It's very nice to have someone on the back end. So now we're just gonna we're gonna take it right into news this yeah. week. Um, so we we've been hit heavy. The music industry has been chopped. It's basically as if one of the arms. Uh, it's basically <laughs> if the arms and legs of the music industry were cut off right now. Yeah. Because you know today we've got a few revenues for money, right? There's a few revenue sources. We've got. Uh, recording, mm-hmm. which you know, you get uh, royalties sometimes. And historically, that was a very large source of revenue. In right. recent years, it's not been at all. It's dropped since streaming came out after um, the 2000s, and yep. so we've we've always kind of had that kind of. I mean, it's been more prevalent in history, but nowadays it's kind of dropped. Well, out. it's coming back, yeah. And then it was uh, merchandise, yep. which is just solid. Uh, products, so shirts, vinyl, CDs, any of that, just to go support your artist. Yeah, that was pretty much the second leg. Well, that kind of comes with touring, right? Honestly. Right. So, well, okay. So that's what we're heading towards. And, yeah. And then we've got touring, right? Mm-hmm. So touring, the biggest money maker right now, um, and now we've been hit with a surprise. So there's no way to really predict an epidemic like this. Um, Speaking about COVID, COVID-19, COVID-19. Um, and I know you guys have heard enough about COVID-19, but it's really taken a big hit on the music industry. Well, it's it's one of those things that it's going to touch every single segment of every business in the country, especially when it's spreading at That's the rate true. it is. Um, and back to the, the three streams of, of money in the recording industry, the way I heard it explained to me via my professors was that uh, the recording stream uh, has been dying slowly, although in recent years we've seen it coming back with uh, streaming revenue, as that's now becoming the dominant way to make money in the industry. Uh, touring, which is the large chunk, uh, is being hit by the COVID-19, all these cancellations. Yeah. Um, and the last segment, which has not been spoken about a lot, publishing. and I think publishing, I yeah. think a lot of people don't realize, and I think recording and publishing are, st- are going to come back to the center spotlight mm-hmm. uh, while touring moves away if we keep canceling tours and festivals and such because it is touring is the way the majority of the largest artists in the world make all of their millions. Yeah. But 
without the ability to perform or do anything, we're going to go back to recording and publishing yeah. because those are going to be the only ways to make money in the I industry. I mean, historically, publishing has been where a lot of the music is, or a lot of the money is. Yes. Because you're able to work with PROs and mm -hmm. you have your songwriting credits, copyright, all that. All of that will add up to a lot more than um, just streaming or yes, exactly. know, publishing. Or just well, it's all the licenses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can license your song in so many different ways that you can make money no matter how, like, no matter how you use it, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. But with touring, the only way you do it is you go out and play, yep. and you go out and sell your merch, and you go out and make, you go and expose yourself to people to give them an experience. Mm. Now that doesn't happen, it's not happening right now. It first started with Ultra canceling, yeah. which was a huge hitter because Ultra is a gigantic electronic music festival um, in Miami, <clears throat> and I'm not sure about the cases in Miami, but it was a preventative measure probably from the government telling yeah. them, hey, yeah. we can't have big crowds. But what's interesting with that was I was talking with a buddy of mine, Dustin, and he had just came back from Okeechobee, which is also in Florida. And Okeechobee went on. And they he, the way he was describing it was they were extremely prepared. They had um, hand-washing stations all over the place, a lot of water, a lot of disinfectant wipes and stuff. So it sounds like they were uh, pretty prepared for anything, really. Um, so they just went on with it. And so he, you know, he went out, had a good time, listened to his favorite artists, uh, people yeah. like Grizz, who are local to Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he said it was fine. So um, that happened. And then soon after, we had a lot of cancellations. Um, and let me see if and I can pull up too. a list. Yeah, some big yeah. names. Big it was, names. It was Ultra and then South by Southwest right after. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then Coachella and then got Coachella postponed. And mm -hmm. then Stagecoach, so like the yeah. little offshoot. Yep. Wow. So as of right now, Beyond Wonderland is rescheduled until June. Electric Forest is still going on as planned. Just wondering. Same thing with um, EDC. EDC Las Vegas because Las Vegas is in a in a better spot than California is, um, and California is really cracking down with crowd sizes. Um, but Las Vegas is still going. Yeah, we'll um, see how long that lasts. Yeah, exactly. So then Ultra uh, was canceled. Uh, but it looks like it was actually postponed. Until, well, it's postponed until next year. So what that was that was really interesting because what they did was they didn't refund tickets, and they're saying that you can redeem your ticket that you bought this year for next year or the or 2022. That's so, what I was kind of assuming all these festivals are going to do because yeah. they're not going to be able to refund ticket prices because they already gave the artists money mm -hmm. to come, yeah. and these artists aren't going to be able exactly. to come, and so there's going to be a serious. I guess what that there. means is that they're just going to have all the artists from this year that we're supposed to play push back to next year, yeah. which just it just messes up a lot of things. Like this whole canceling postponing thing has really messed up the scheduling world. Like oh, it's imagine having to plan a tour already on mm. top of like all the cities you're going to go to and then just kidding, everything just got canceled. You can't even go to the first show you were planning to go to. And now you have to figure out how to start from scratch. Like now you have to, everything is pushed back, at least for right now. Um, and so continuing with that, Tomorrowland Winter is also canceled. And then Buku Project was uh, pushed back until Labor Day. Yeah, and that's in um, the fall. 
Yes. And all of the, I think all of these uh, postponings to the fall, like Coachella, I think said something about October. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're scheduling for October again. Yeah, they're pushing they're it back because one, then they don't have to do refunds for ticket holders, right. and they can tell artists, well, let's just wait a couple months. Um, we know you want to play Coachella because everyone loves Coachella. That's true. Uh, we don't want to have to not do it, but if we have to, we'll push it back. Um, and I think everyone's right now is at least taking it day by day because yep. this is one of those situations where tours could resume next week if the virus got flattened. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we had successfully, if we were able to contain it successfully enough that we could keep, you know, bring the touring back, it, it, I feel like all of this would resume pretty pretty immediately. But the yeah, issue we're running into is that currently it There's, seems like each day it's exponentially more cases well it's it seems like we just don't have enough information on it i think that's what everyone is waiting for mm-hmm. everyone who does any kind of organizing is trying to wait and see if we actually get information that will either say okay we're just gonna have to totally flatten and cancel the show mm-hmm. or if we take these measures we can prevent um spread and like we will they'll have information to be able to stop that well Oh, and that's what uh, I was going to say, like, Live Nation is going to do. Yep. They canceled or postponed, like, all their live mm-hmm. events yep. uh, yesterday and today, Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said for the rest of March, they're just going to cancel everything, wait till April, reevaluate, and then hopefully come back uh in May. That's a common theme I've seen is everyone is right now pushing everything off until March 31st. Mm -hmm. The second March 31st hits, they're going to look and say, all right, these developments have happened over the past month, and we're going to look at this going forward. So, you know, like you said, they're taking it day by day, and they're just going to wait and let the water settle exactly. because there's still so many things to come. There's still a bunch of tours planned. There's still fest- other festivals like Bonnaroo that yeah. right now aren't making statements because they're, it seems like everyone's going to wait until mm-hmm. April 1st or March 31st. And that's yeah. what, like, whenever I saw uh, Coachella go down, I thought it was going to be a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you still got Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza, yeah. Governor's Ball. Those are big festivals yep. that are in big cities. Yep. Yeah. Um, that have to really look at what's going on and take measures to protect not only uh, themselves but also the people that will uh, be at the festival. Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. true. And looking to our home ground uh, at Bonnaroo in Manchester, Tennessee, somewhere very close to us, you know, the the. Uh, the county, Williamson County, which is in South Nashville, has, I think, the largest amount of cases in Tennessee. I think it's like currently. two, two or three. four cases, yeah. something around there, uh, because a man was traveling from somewhere through BNA, and he had been re- had been reported he had it, but I believe within a couple days they had found out that he actually didn't have it. Um, well, and then there was uh, some kid at a private school in Franklin who mm-hmm. had it, who tested positive. And so everything in that county shut down. Yeah, and, and they've been pushing that outward, basically county by yeah. county. Um, and so Davidson County was hit. Yeah, and Rutherford yeah. now. Um, and so looking at, you know, Bonner's in June, so we have quite a few months, and I don't expect the people from Rue to say anything within the next couple weeks about right. it. Yeah. They may yeah. within a, you know, a month or so, but they've already sold all the tickets, and I think everyone right now not only are the people who want to go to Rue just waiting because they they don't want it to be canceled but the right. people who are running Rue 
are waiting because they just want the summer to bring the end yeah. of this virus. That's true. You know, this craziness. And they still have a lot of time. They have a lot of time, but it would not, I don't think it's outrageous at all to believe that Rue could postpone and oh. or cancel and say, hey, next year, keep your tickets for next it's year. It's possible. Yeah. They might, you know, they might push it to July or August, mm-hmm. you know, so we never know. That's, I it, guess, it just, it's how they're going to plan it with the artists. Mm-hmm. Like right now, the, it's, festivals or venues plus artists that are like really talking about this right now because you're like well if we postpone it now we might cancel it then too because if it's still going on like we just can't have it so all this negotiation would have been for nothing so yeah and i have seen uh a post on reddit i don't know how accurate or how uh how much you i guess just take it with a grain of salt that they had contacted uh Higher ups in Bonnaroo, and they had said they are taking, uh, they are watching it carefully and gonna take as as many um, measures as they can to protect us. And yeah. they had said if they do end up canceling, uh, they will give refunds, which I was interested with. But you know, I guess we'll see. Yeah. In the future, how that goes out. And, yeah. Know. Well, I mean, that kind of brings me to uh, a petition I saw the other day on the Nashville subreddit that I just wanted to mention real quick. And we can go back to talking about the festivals. Uh, but Belmont, they are one of the colleges oh, in yes. Nashville who uh, also has called off school. They've extended spring break, and they said basically we're resuming the semester only online. Uh, MTSU's done it. Vanderbilt's done it. Um, a lot of the Ivy Leagues have done it. The state schools have. Um, and basically Belmont said that and then they also stated that they're not giving refunds for tuition housing or meal plans and so a lot of these students not only are a lot of these students you know last semester seniors who have to go home and not spend any time with their friends for the last bit of college Mm -hmm. but a lot of these students literally have nowhere else to go get food I saw an article about something it's like 40% of kids who get the free and reduced lunch at school that's the only meal they eat every day yeah. because they don't get food at home and so now they have no food because they're not going to school and so it's it's one of those things where it's like I, I think our the festivals like Bonner and stuff it's it's all you know it is up to the whim of what happens with the artist but we also have to think what is happening in the real world because if we get to June and they're like well the artists are willing to play but we can't get the police force because they're all out doing this stuff, you know, or we can't get this because we have to have a certain amount of hospital beds available in this county uh, in case something were to happen and it's all full. You know, there's so many... Planning a festival is one of the most complicated things you can do. I mean, look at Firefest. It's like, it's so easy to mess up. And so that's why I feel like just... It's like coronavirus or COVID-19 is basically... It's like a big, you got a big, nice working clock with all these gears going, and you're just dumping a bag of sand in it. That's basically all you're doing. Right. And so it's, we're going to have to watch it, and maybe they can find like a sieve or anything. Yeah. Get Keep that sand from falling in the gears. That's true. Um, and a huge part of like festivals and stuff in general is you you've obviously have the people and the artists. Then you also have stagehands, and yep. you also have engineers. You also have everyone else who works in making the show go. And um, you might recognize this company, Behringer, uh, especially if you're in the live scene. Um, but Behringer's really taking a bad, uh, bad stance. Um, so. 
Um, if you guys don't know, CDM is Create Digital Music. It's run by um, Kern, Rob, Peter Kern, and um, it's an online magazine uh, and community for musicians, sound designers, DJs, and producers, basically just using new technology. And um, so they were reporting on a product line or something for uh, Behringer, and uh, man, Behringer decided to kind of personally attack Peter, and they um, they trademarked this new little synth and posted it on it on um, on Twitter, and it's literally just cardboard and uh, keys. It's a little piano cardboard thing, and they were just showing. They were giving it a name. They're calling it Kern synth, and then they came out with the. Uh, Cork Sniffer Kern um, power amp, I believe it is, and it had highly anti-Semitic overtones um, it's targeting yeah. uh, Peter Kern, and um, you know Behringer isn't a super great company. We we look for them for a lot of live stuff, but um, recently they've really just pushed it pretty far with this and yeah. you know you can't do this stuff no it's 2020 this is we're way past being anti-semitic like we we just can't associate with stuff like that and um i was actually talking to my buddy christian and he was talking about Behr uh behringer equipment because um they've actually had a lot of issues with behringer um, they can't get parts in time to fix something and they can't give their customers quality assurance of oh We usually repair uh, equipment within a week and stuff They can't give that assurance to people with Behringer products because it takes so long their customer service isn't great um, so You know, I would say lean away from using Behringer as much as possible just because this stuff doesn't fly man like yeah. you can't you can't attack people personally and the thing that really bothered me was that they were doing this on official platforms like yeah it wasn't even just the person like the ceo itself like walking yeah, away someone doing, posting on a private instagram yeah, or something no this was like posted as a behringer product that just had very anti-semitic overtones yes yeah, it makes me glad nasty. that i don't own any behringer gear and it, it really does make you wonder about all these other audio companies because Quite a few of these companies, I mean, they've been around since the turn of the century. And I mean, as much as they weren't, you know, what they are now back then, you have to watch and do your history or research on like the history of companies because a lot of people don't know the Dole Fruit Corporation was te technically, uh, they had complete supreme uh, reign over Hawaii back before Hawaii became a US state. They just threw out the native leaders of Hawaii, gave these old white men who liked fruit the, the island, and they basically went there and farmed things and used slave labor for years. This was during World War II. Like, mm. things that you don't know, and you probably still eat dull fruit. I mean, not gonna lie, I've eaten dull fruit after I learned about that because sometimes it's the only thing you can get. Yeah. But you gotta do your research on these kind of companies. Um, well, so uh, the founder of Behringer, Yuli Behringer, uh, he made a statement via Facebook saying, what was meant as pure satire by our marketing department has clearly offended some people, and looking at the video, I could understand why. However, in no way did the team ever intend to make any connection to Semitism, as some people have alleged. We unreservedly apologize to Peter and anyone who felt offended. And, oh gosh, this is, this is ridiculous. It's, 
<laughs> Kudos to Berenger for apologizing directly to Kern, not so much for apologizing to quote unquote anyone who felt offended, which is the definition of a non-apology apology. Yeah. It's just, it's, they're not even, it, it's ridiculous. I can't even say more on it, honestly, just because it's just, it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Why don't you say, like, meaning to offend anyone and you see the picture yeah yeah like, it's like come on <laughs> there's you guys obviously met this there's, there's a discrepancy there's no there's no way mm-hmm. yeah there's, no there's way. it's it's just clear clear lines so speaking of offensive y'all y'all ever opened your spotify app and you see oh this person you follow just re- released an album it's now gonna cost the artist uh, yeah. five grand to be able to send that to their followers on yep. Spotify. Spotify is trying to diversify their interests and create higher profit margins because, I mean, who would have thought when you're you know charging a minuscule amount for every song ever, you don't really have that big of profit margins. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to diversify and they're throwing a lot of that cost on the artist. Um, and so <clears throat> it will be interesting to watch going forward because Spotify in the past has been kind of a champion for artists, you know, rights in leaving the system and kind of doing it your own way. I mean, they have a whole section of their auto- Spotify for artists where they'll allow you to distribute your music and uh, monetize it and such. But it is, it's honestly really sad to see this, this because is really sad. it's going to one, I mean, it, it already, Spotify is already a, just a huge tool for paid promotion because if you want to do well, you have to get on their playlists. And if you want to get on their playlists, you have to pay them. You have to pay to play. And you have to pay for the spots on the playlist. Mm-hmm. And so it's more and more expensive just to get on it. Just to be heard. And it's yeah. ridiculous because they're, you're not even, this isn't really a monetary value. Like there's not a whole bunch of monetary value to being on Spotify besides just uh, organic distribution, I would yeah. say. Um, organic listeners and how are you going to get organic listeners if you have to pay for them to even see you or yeah. besides you well, it's not organic. It, exactly it's yeah. it's it's paid listening yeah. through playlists through um, all their mixes and all that um, and it's just ridiculous that mm-hmm. now they're so they offer this service right and to promote and distribute your music and then they're like well if you want to be seen you have to pay five grand it's like really, you're really sucking all of these artists' uh, pockets. Yeah. Like, there's no way they're barely struggling to survive, and you're still draining them of yeah. more and more money. Yep. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, we were, we had just spoken last week, I think, about how Spotify um, is kind of revolutionary and creating a new stream of revenue for artists. Yeah. And then they go back and do this kind yep. of. It's because they. Well, Spotify for a long time, I, I believe they were a loss leader, as in they were taking losses on their right. licenses so that before they could get to their stream, their, their subscriber count number, basically they they had a number that if they had this many paid subscribers, it was their break-even point. Right. And they got there, and I think they realized that they didn't, not only did they not have a ton of growth after that, there's a lot more competitors in the market. I mean, Amazon Music is starting to kill it recently, and I'll get right to that after this. But it's it once they realize that they don't have a ton of headroom to grow, they realize they need to diversify their yep. revenue streams if they want to survive. Because someone like Apple Music or Amazon Music, some you know, with the company like Amazon behind them being yeah. able, allowing the music sector of them to take a loss for like ten years, that's really scares Spotify because yeah. it's people like that, like Disney. Disney Plus. Oh man. Disney Plus. They've stated that they're planning on taking a loss from Disney Plus till 2025. 
that means they're in it for the long game. That mm-hmm. means one, after that, they're going to start charging more. That means by the time we get to 2035, they're going to be the number one streaming service, and it's going to be 25, 30 bucks a month. Yep. Because they can charge whatever they want because, because they have. Because everyone is under them. Exactly. And so that brings me right to Amazon Music. So one, Amazon Music has this this thing that I found out about a while ago that I honestly was very interested in, and then I found out they didn't have a free trial for it, but it's called Amazon Music HD, and they do, um, they have really high quality uh, streaming. So they basically, they have um, 50 plus million songs with no ads, exclusive launches and albums, and they have it at uh, hi-fi streaming quality. Um, I forget, I think it's uh, 396 kilobits, I believe that's what they're, what they, uh, they promise for it. Um, but in tandem with that, they also just released a brand new uh, app for uh, Amazon Music called Amazon Music Artists, with, which is what uh, Spotify has. And we were just talking about their app for artists where they want to uh, allow you to not only like see your data, but work on your distribution and, and basically figure out ways to get more and more fans. And so now that Amazon has one, um, I think we're going to see a lot more direct competition. I personally have used Amazon Music before because I have Prime, and mm. I, it's it's never done enough to draw me away from Spotify. Yeah. But if Amazon, if it if it actually you know could provide value outside of what Spotify can, I might not you know be paying for Spotify because it's already included with my Prime, mm. and that's kind of I mean that's Jeff Bezos's like ultimate goal right there is just right. put everything on Prime, mm-hmm. um, but. I guess we'll have to see. But if you're an artist out there and you you use Amazon Music, go download their new For Artists app. Check out how many people are listening to you, your streams, your indexes. There's a lot of cool stuff. And apparently they have stuff um, about uh, Alexa. They have this meter that's a daily voice index, so it shows you how many people are asking for your stuff on Alexa. And so that's another, like, big way that they will provide a, you know, a step up from Spotify. So they can weird. provide metrics through Alexa because it's their system. That's right. And Spotify couldn't because they're using it's just someone else's system. Interesting. Huh. And Alexa is actually one of those things I've seen when I'm looking for like, well, what's the best way to grow something in this day and age? Like if you're starting in the music industry, trying to find articles for you guys, everything I've seen is you need to focus on uh, uh, in-home voice services like Alexa and Google Home because people use those way more than you would think. They get home and they say, I'm home, and their lights come on, their shades go up, and the music turns on. And so, I mean, it's it's nice. Personally, yeah. I don't like the Alexas. I don't like being listened to at all times. Yeah. But I think that it's that's... a personal preference, I feel like. Exactly. I know plenty of people who love them and mm-hmm. use them daily. Yeah. Um, so, well, talking about just devices in general, I came across these this really nice pair of uh, Bluetooth headphones. Um, and it's this company called Clear, and they made they came out with the Clear Flow noise canceling Bluetooth wireless headphones. And basically, what they were doing was um, they were comparing this product to all of the Bose uh, noise canceling headphones, mm-hmm. and it actually compares very well. Um, mm-hmm. And it comes right around the same price point, um, so it's just a very comparative product to it. Um, and so the price point of the Clearflow, just the uh, first version is 199 and then the Clearflow 2 is 279 which is uh, oh, right wow. along the line of what um, Bose is selling theirs at. That's actually less than <clears throat> Bose's high-end ones. Mm. 
And so it it comes with a closed back. Um, so you know those who like open back will obviously struggle. But then again, you don't really have open back with noise canceling, no. so it doesn't really matter in that case. Um, and it's a Bluetooth 4.2 capable wireless, and it's got it's also got a 3.5 uh, millimeter audio jack. So you can also just manually just do it without <coughs> using uh, Bluetooth. Um, and I think they're providing 40 millimeter drivers, which is a nice size for headphones in general. Um, because I remember the last ones, the last Bluetooth ones I got was like 18 millimeter. So it's a it's a big jump. Um, and um, there's, I think they're claiming to provide up to 30 dB of uh, of uh, noise cancellation. So uh -huh. that's that's pretty nice. Um, that's good. And I've I'm always looking for new Bluetooth products because having that wire free zone is so nice. It really um, is. It and saves a lot of space and it's not annoying to have to deal with cables. We're just and, and we're we're also we're very very close to the the wireless singularity. Yes. In which it's there's there's no difference. Yeah. We're not there yet. But right. we're very close to yeah. it, much more so than we were even a year, two years ago. Yeah, and so um, along with those features, it's also got you know tap to answer. It's got volume knobs on the side. It also has uh, two listening modes or three listening modes. Oh, wow. It's got ambient normal, ambient voice, and conversation mode. So you can still be listening to other people while you have them on. And a lot of people uh, use these features for like work. Um, yeah. If they're in their office and somebody's like talking to them real quick, they just you know switch modes, can listen to you, talk to you, switch back whenever you're done, and um, you know it may not be as important right now because obviously a lot of people are working from home with yeah. Corona, so you know. But just as a new product in general, I really like to follow headphones just because being an audiophile and having something nice and Bluetooth and comparable to Bose is really nice because yes. Bose dominates the do. noise cancellation the uh, market space yeah. and it's and it's like the noise cancellation is good that's the point is that their noise cancellation is good and they provide clear audio mm -hmm. uh, and so I kind of feel like that's a stab <laughs> at it is you know clear uh, clear yeah. flow um, so um, I'm actually really interested and I might get a pair and let you guys know how it goes okay. just because I you know, I've been looking for a new one, and my headphones are kind of run down, so it's always nice to stay up to date and always listen yeah. to new stuff. Yeah, and if you're, you know, if you're at home, you're working from home, you you probably need closed back headphones. You're not uh, open backs are not going to do it. I, they're good for uh, you know mixing and monitoring and stuff, but if you need that closed in, if you have people around you making noise and you need to you know take phone calls yeah. or listen to different things because you're working from home now, I'd definitely go check it out. I've used the uh, the Bose head the Bose QCs. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're fantastic. If these, if these, you know, are anything like that, I'm sure they're absolutely amazing. Right. And if you're looking for open back headphones, um, like the uh, the um, Sen yeah, the HD 650s from Sennheiser, which so is nice. kind of they're, they're basically the industry standard for beginner open back monitors. Go check out um, Mass Drop, or I guess now it's just Drop.com. They have a pair of what they call uh, Sennheiser HD 6 double Xs, and they're essentially reskinned. 650s for about a third of the price. Oh, interesting. So it's the pretty much the exact same drivers and everything. They're identical. They look the same, huh. but they're $200 instead of what 650. Yeah. Yep. 
So, it's it's around 500. 500-ish. So if you're looking for open back monitors, go check out drop.com. Yeah, they got a lot of audio file. 195, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a great price point. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really good deal. Uh, I guess I can take you to this. Christian, you'll probably love this article. It's uh, There's a billboard article about <laughs> Diplo. Um, and it's basically, the title says, How Being the Busiest Man in Music Made Diplo a Pop Star. And this is something I didn't realize, but I, for a long time ago, until I started, you know, talking to Christian about Diplo more. But he really, I mean, he just, he goes everywhere. I mean, like I said last week, his slogan is, White Dude Be Everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. He's everywhere. And I, you know, I'm literally echoing myself right now because of this article. Yeah, but it is interesting. Go check it out. It's on uh, Billboard, obviously, and it's he's he he's one of those few people that it, he just keeps going. And you know, the artists I, f I feel that really make it that will be you know in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame kind of thing are those artists who consistently just go out and tour every day. I mean, I have uh, a lot of respect for people like you know like Justin Bieber, uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Ed Sheeran, even because they tour globally yeah. so much. I don't know how you can be touring, yeah. you know, every year since you were 16 doing 280 shows a year, yep. you know, and recording albums and doing appearances on TV yeah. shows and stuff. It's a crazy lifestyle. It's really difficult. Go check out that article if y'all are interested. Um, the next thing I got in my little list uh, was an article from the uh, London Financial News, uh, and it's about uh, uh, an alliance between the music industry and the private equity. Uh, and so apparently Hudson City Bank um, is is basically starting to um, starting to be more friendly to people in the music industry. So a lot of issues that have come up from companies who are trying to receive funding for certain things in the music industry. Say you want to start a festival or you want to start a label or a publishing company or whatever. Uh, there are very few people who will bankroll it because it's an extremely, uh, it's a roller coaster of an industry. Yep. It, there's no proof that anything is ever a sure deal in the music industry. So there's this funny joke that one of my old professors would say in class, and he would say, you know, the fastest way to become a millionaire is be a billionaire and start a, a music label. <laughs> so, you know, Actually. that's probably why. <laughs> yeah. It's just historically it hemorrhages money, but if you manage it right, you'll do fine. That's the thing. Yeah. So it's just, you know, not having the knowledge. People think music industry is the same thing as any other industry. And for a lot of cases it is, but there's so many details and um, things you have to pay attention to, or if you don't sign this contract right, correctly or whatever you know you're you're just gonna get the butt end of yeah. whatever they were setting up for you so you have to watch yourself very carefully in this mm -hmm. industry so you know you, you have to pay attention um, but speaking something of, I forgot to talk about which we kind of oh yeah I was gonna say it. speaking of paying attention yeah. no one was uh, back on Monday night at about 1230 when the tornado yeah. just tore through downtown Nashville yep uh, man we were very lucky to be down in Murfreesboro. Uh, we have family that's up in Nashville, and they were north and south of this thing. Yeah. So if it had blown the incorrect way, it could have been very, very bad. But yep. it already was terrible. It tore through west to east of Nashville, yep. and then it 
came back up and then dropped back down uh, west of Cookville. Or yeah, yeah, west of Cookville, like Lebanon area, yeah. and then tore all north of, of Baxter. Yeah, it just destroyed. Uh, I forget what and Putnam County. It was interesting because this kind of came out of nowhere, and I know we're you know we're in tornado zone, and we we go into tornado lockdown so much yeah. that we're used to it. And no one really about, bats an eye at it. Exactly. Well, yeah, the thing like, is, we're always prepared for it in yeah. general. Um, but the the thing that was so weird about this one was we didn't get really get any notice beforehand during the day yes. that there was yeah, like no. plans for a storm or anything. And so then, as it got closer to like ten o'clock, it was like, okay, you know. There's a watch, be careful, and that happens so often. It was like 11.30, honestly, when the watch, and yeah. it was for a couple counties west of Davidson, exactly. but not Davidson. Yeah. So it was, it was, everyone was like, well, that looks like a storm, but it will probably be gone by the time it gets here, because yeah. the watch isn't extended to here. Yep. And so, overnight, it tore through, like we said, straight through downtown, hit Germantown pretty hard, hit five points really hard, East Nashville in that area. It and destroyed some of Donaldson, uh, annihilated a lot uh, of Lebanon. businesses. Um, yeah. And it really is going to affect the music industry too, mm -hmm. because we were just talking last week how a lot of country is here in Nashville and everyone works in every part of town. Yep. And uh, I was literally talking, or I think it was my old music teacher who was posting, and he was like, that business right there was my old office, and it barely got missed. And mm -hmm. I can't even imagine how much the rest of Nashville's businesses actually got torn up, and, you know, songwriting um, rooms and all this kind of stuff that Nashville provides all just well, wiped away. Hell, the Basement East. Like, there's a perfect That's... example. It's a huge venue in Nashville. Not huge as in space, but huge as in everyone knows it. And it's important to Nashville. It's a yeah. critical to Nashville's identity. As in, if you guys have ever seen the We Believe in Nashville sign, it's on the side of the basement east. Yeah. yeah. And it so... Nearly got torn. Away. It was... Yeah, it's it's a couple feet from being taken down because the roof collapsed in on the whole building itself, but the sign is still there. And so a lot of people have been using that as, like, a, don't worry, we'll right. rebuild, we're still standing. And the thing is, this is going to take years yeah. to rebuild. It's like the flood. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, exactly. the flood, what was that, 2010? 2010, yeah. And it took us a few years to come back from that, it especially was, yeah. in the same area. Mm -hmm. Like, Germantown is, is right there with the water level yeah. of the Cumberland, and it wraps around East Nashville. East Nashville. All of that just flooded mm -hmm. in 2010. And the last big tornado that we had was 98 that ran through Germantown again. It ran and almost the same path. That's what I was going to say is we looked at a map of the previous gigantic tornadoes that have torn through Nashville and they run like very soon. Well and yeah so the one before the 98 one was in 1933 and Ooh. it's hilarious that, well not hilarious, it's actually insane. And you might think there maybe is some geological reason for this, but the three tornadoes from 33, 98, and 2020, all three of them converged on one point over five points yeah. in East Nashville. And so they all have that's hit wild. that space. Exactly five points is where it's ripping through. Yeah. And that's crazy because five points is such a, a good place for local businesses. Yeah. Um, a lot of people in East Nashville will use that area because it's perfect. It's perfect. It's a it's great little area. Five points yeah. meeting at one spot and I actually know you remember Athena from yes. high school her parents run Pizza Real that is right across from Five Points Pizza mm -hmm. and so they're direct competitors but 
it tore right through there. And I don't know if her family's business is torn down or not, but I wouldn't put it past the I destruction. Would, so. I wouldn't doubt that they maybe got damaged. Yeah. I don't know if it's leveled, but we'd have to we'd have to check it out. One of the interesting parts I thought was I went back up to Nashville a couple days after it to go look, not not to see damage. I had some other errands I had to run, but I wanted to go check out a little bit. So I drove up past uh, where basically it, it started over in the hills west of uh, like Ashland City, southwest of it. It jumped the Cumberland. Uh, it basically ran through John C. Toon, caused about $90 million worth of damage to the hangars alone, not counting the over 60 planes that were destroyed. Then it jumped the river again, crossing over this industrial zone, and then it basically jumped the, jumped the river seven times before That's it crazy. went back up in the sky to come back down. And looking over in the area where John C. Toon is, because that's relatively close to where I'm right. from, you can see there's the Tennessee State Prison, which if you guys haven't seen, you should look it up. It's a crazy cool building. They don't use it. It has been shut down since, I believe, 89. But it received some pretty serious damage. Mm -hmm. And you can see it. And it's just absolutely crazy. This small plane airport, uh, I believe it was about 10 minutes before it was struck by the tornado. And they... By the time it was hitting John C. Toon Airport was the first time any weather station was reporting that there was a tornado mm -hmm. because it, we didn't know about it before it hit there because everything west of that's unpopulated. And so it hit the airport and people can finally see it or at least hear it yeah. or you know, see destruction. But uh, country music star Dirks Bentley landed at John C. Toon. Oh, wow. Like, less than 10 minutes before that hit. Wow. And so he was out of there. That's crazy. And if he had, you know, if they had had a delay by 5, 10 minutes, he would have been landing when it was hitting. Oh, and that would have been... Small plane really accidents bad. are, like, super common. I mean, we... I mean, just small airplane accidents in general. So, mm -hmm. planes, helicopters, you know. Yeah. I mean, so just we, this we past saw, year, yeah. Yeah. We saw a legend go down, too, with his with his daughter. So, yeah. um, so R.I.P. Um, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. So, you know, just throwing that out there. But what I was going to say is this just is going to we're going to come back stronger. We've oh, always yeah. come back from disaster and it's crazy that a city like this is just getting wrecked from natural disasters. Yeah. Like and you would expect it to be something else and it's just it's just mother nature and yeah. mother nature's coming back at us with corona like there's some it's just her taking her whims out. You know, you cannot stop her force. She is very strong and she does not uh, bat an eye when it comes to taking lives. So, yeah. um, you know, be careful. Be super cautious. Keep an eye out. We had some more warnings last night, but luckily nothing happened. Yep. It's, it's just one of those things where we've been polluting our world as a species for a long time and we're starting to feel some whip back. And, yep. You know, it's like maybe we should respect Mother Nature a little more and not be hurting her, polluting it. Yep. Um, from there, we can probably work to our closing statements. Yeah. Um, I actually think that's everything that I've got today. So okay. if you've um, got anything to close, well, on. yeah, I got uh, this. I know we're a, we're you know we're a music industry podcast, and it kind of seems weird to be promoting other music music industry podcasts. But since we have a, don't have a ton of episodes out, if you guys want something else, go check out this article on relics.com about six music podcasts to keep you company. Because I know a lot of us are going to be quarantined for the next couple weeks, and you'll need stuff to listen <laughs> that's to. True. So listen to our podcast, obviously. But if you're looking for some other stuff, there's uh, the Left Sits podcast, which is from a Nashville uh, lawyer or attorney. Oh, cool. 
Uh, oh, the Lefsitz letter. Yeah, oh, Lefsitz wow. letter. I didn't know a he did a podcast. Yep, uh, Dolly Parton's America, uh, Andy uh, Franco's World Saving Podcast. There's just a bunch in here, um, so go check it out. You know, go subscribe on our website or in our link tree, and you'll be signed up for a weekly newsletter, and you can get all of these links when we publish the podcast each week. Yeah, and I was going to say. Um, Feel free to drop us a comment or drop us a mention on socials or anything. If you want um, a certain type of content, let us know. Yeah. I was going to say um, we dropped that uh, electronic playlist yes. the past week. And I kind of wanted to get more feedback on that. I want to see what other genres you would, uh, wouldn't mind listening to. And, you know, we can, we can whip it up. Like yeah. we've got so much in our libraries. We can just make a new one. Yeah. So um, please go on in all of our socials. It's next gen Nash on pretty much everything yep. and go just, you know, send us a post, comment, DM us, whatever. If you're like, Hey, I found this article. You guys probably like this. Do that. If you have a suggestion for content, like type of content, like mm -hmm. he was saying, if you want to hear us talk about management or publishing more or maybe even well now that i can't tour how am i going to make money yeah. you know just let us know and we'll we'll jump right on that we got tons and tons of information yep and nothing but time now nothing yeah. but time <laughs> nothing but time with school pushback and exactly work pushback all this new crazy all the all the wind that's blowing right exactly um, so Make sure that y'all stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Yep. Don't breathe anyone's coughs. Yep. Yeah. Keep inside if you can. And exactly. stay posted for any information that the CDC posts out, anything yeah. that your local government posts out, because it's definitely yeah. important to uh, you know follow regulations and stuff. Yes. So with that, I'm gonna close out. This was Christian from NGN. Yeah, and this is Truman. And this is Luke. Woo, go Luke. <laughs> yeah, and now we're closing it out for episode four. We'll catch y'all next week. All right, we'll Thank see y'all. Thank you.